0: Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. So today we are going to be talking about letting go of past versions of yourself. And I just realized this is not plugged in. (laughs) There we go. Okay. So letting go of past versions of yourself. This topic is inspired by a really big decision I made yesterday, which was to change my title in my Instagram bio. It used to say therapist and trauma healer. And now it says Trauma and Nervous System Healer and Expander. So therapist has been my title, a big part of my identity for the past 10 years. I went to grad school for clinical social work starting in 2014 in New York City, and I became a clinical social worker. I worked in the field of mental health therapy for years at different jobs. I was in a substance abuse clinic. I was in a private practice. I was in a group practice. I was in a DBT practice. I was in a school, um, I was in all the different jobs and it was such a big part of my career and it led me all to this present moment. So for those that know my story, you know that I decided to not pursue my final level of licensure. I still have one of my licenses in New York um, and then there was a final test to take and submitting all my hours for the final LCSW. I then decided to pivot and completely let go of that path and go all in on Rachel Kelly coaching, my coaching business, my healing online business. So ever since then, I still have always, you know, advertised myself as a clinically trained therapist because that's always been my background. And yesterday I was talking to someone who I was setting up a collaboration with one of uh, a future guest for the podcast. And. She was talking about how uh, they were working with a a nervous system regulation coach. And even just hearing the words nervous system regulation, it really started to get me thinking about how I differ from nervous system regulation coaches. Because as soon as this person said that, I was like, oh, that doesn't even resonate in my being like. So many people focus on regulation, which is beautiful because we need tools to regulate. We need, you know, practices and coping skills and ways to bring our nervous systems back to safety. But what I do is so much more than that. It's like, yes, we want to get you to a place of regulation, but then from that place of regulation, we want to actually completely heal and rewire the root of the nervous system. So the root of the nervous system his childhood trauma is survival mode because the nature of being a child is you have to be in survival mode. And so our nervous systems get stuck in survival mode, even when they don't need to be as we are adults. And then what happens is we relate through survival mode in everything we do. Perfectionism, trauma response, people pleasing as a trauma response, control, need to know, judgment, comparison, like All of these are trauma responses, and then we have the stored pain in our bodies, which we then numb through our addictive behaviors. Our addictive behaviors could be TV binging, food binging, um, over exercising, overworking, overeating, undereating. Like there's a million anything can be an addictive behavior depending on the energy in which you're relating to it. So we really get to the, like, I was thinking about like regulation. Okay. Like we all know how to regulate, like take a cold shower, uh, meditate, uh, do some yoga. But the whole point is that if we do those things, but we're not actually doing the relational healing, which is the root relational wounding is the root of our nervous systems being in survival mode. If we're not doing that type of relational healing, doesn't matter how many cold plunges you do or yoga classes you do or steam room or sauna or chanting or meditating, because you, we exist in relationships with each other. We are relational creatures. We are attachment based creatures. So we don't just like go on our own little Island and do a cold plunge. And we're like, Oh, we're regulated. It's like, you can do that. And then if you get home and your partner says something, you get triggered, right? Cause it reminds you of something your mom told you in childhood, or let's say you do, a, you know, 5,000 hours of <clears throat> yoga and meditating, but then you hop online for your online business and you have fear of being seen, you have perfectionism, you have fear of judgment, you have fear of rejection. It Like all of those somatic practices are beautiful ways of regulating. And I do them every day. I do meditating every day. I do chanting every day. I do journaling every day. I do cold showers every day. I do sweating every day. Like I do all those But it's not enough because then when I come out of that, if I'm talking to someone and they say something that triggers me from childhood in my attachment relationships with my primary caregivers, that needs healing too. And so really when we talk about healing the root and rewiring, it's being able to use your triggers for a catalyst of deeper healing. And then using a relationship like what I have with my clients is I provide them this secure attachment experience where they're safe to express their emotions. They're safe to be held witnessed, and seen in their emotions. They're safe to be celebrated. They're safe to um, be attuned to like literally when you are a child, your parents are human. They have other stuff they're juggling with. They can't focus on attuning to you at every moment of every day. But the beautiful part about relational healing is someone is literally paying me to focus primarily on them, right? In a relationship, like a friend relationship, a boss relationship, a family relationship, it's it's two-sided, it's mutual, it's focused on both people. Relational healing is where it's like, I am just focused on attuning to you. I'm just focused on giving you this reparative experience. Now, it doesn't mean that you know, it doesn't, it's like, it doesn't mean I never share anything about me, right? Because it is a relationship. So yes, my clients, we talk about both of us, but the main focus is on the client because that's literally what they're paying for is to have that level of support and attunement and holding and also challenging someone to mirror to them where their blind spots are. I literally just got off slacking, um, a group client of mine and was like, This is all your control. This is all your control. This is all you abandoning yourself. Like I I call my clients out. And so the regulation piece is great, but if we're not working on the attachment piece, the relational piece, the someone calling us out on our blind spots of how we are relating to the world, we're not going to feel safe to release those protectors because again you can go to a yoga class how many of you have been to a yoga class and you you find yourself not even dropped in your body you're just living in your head ruminating about that thing you have to do for work or that fight you just had with your partner like you're ruminating as you're going through the motions of yoga but you're not actually present in the yoga and that is because when we find ourselves <clears throat> living in our minds that is trauma because trauma lives in the body. And so the mind is going to do everything in its power to avoid you actually getting into your body and feeling that pain. So you can be doing all the things, but how do you actually feel when you're doing those things? Are you actually able to be present? Trauma disconnects us from the present. Are you actually able to be present? So leading into the actual topic of today, because that's a whole other topic, but I was hearing about this nervous system regulation coach and I was like, I was like, I just had this like download come through to me and was like, oh, like you need to be really clear on like who you are and what you actually do because the word therapist just doesn't fit me anymore. It used to fit me because that's what I used to do. But now what I do is so much, it's so different than traditional therapy. And it's not that one is better or worse, or this just goes deeper, right? So if traditional therapy served me in my life many times where it helped me build, you know, more insight and self-awareness and gave me a safe space to talk about my feelings. All of that is beautiful, but not one therapist I had, and I had many of them since the age of five, actually got me in my body to feel the root emotion underneath all that ruminating to process the triggers underneath all that anxious attachment. I just talked about my feelings and then they would have me do CBT, which is like like cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, reframing thoughts. But then I would go home and get triggered all over again by my partner. So you can't reframe thoughts. If you are not rewiring the nervous system, that's why mindset doesn't actually work Unless you're rewiring the nervous system first, it's rewiring the nervous system. Then as a natural byproduct of that rewires your thoughts, your thoughts come from the energy of your nervous system, from your emotions. So if you're having an anxious thought and you reframe it to a positive one, you may feel better temporarily, but if you're not actually getting into your body to feel those emotions, those anxious thoughts are just going to come right back. So let me know in the comments if you guys have experienced this, where it's like you change your thought, but then you literally just have it two seconds later, and you're just like trying to put a bandaid over it time and time and time again. It's because you're not actually processing the emotion underneath that thought. Once you do, then you'll actually be able to integrate and embody that new thought that you're choosing. So when I was doing traditional talk therapy, the title therapist fit for what I was doing. And so when I looked at my, my bio on Instagram and I was like, therapist and trauma healer, healers, like that's, it doesn't fit anymore. Like it's not in alignment anymore. Like, yes. Will I always be a clinically trained therapist? Yes. Cause that's my background, but it made me really think about how often we attach meaning onto these things and how much of it is ego. Part of me, the first step was releasing this need to get licensed, to feel good enough to do what I'm doing. That was a huge part of like, you know, will people take me more seriously if I have a license? Will people believe that I actually know what I'm doing if I have a license? Like how often do we outsource our wisdom and power to things outside of ourselves? Because really all the license is, is you do this many hours, you write it down, but am I actually like, what are those hours even look like? No one fucking knows. Like half of the time, it's just me. Um, you know, it's not, it's like, I used to do a drug test with my teens and like, okay, that counted as part of their session. And it's like, okay, I'm collecting urine that counts as hours. Like it's also arbitrary. And then they rejected some of my hours because of like one supervisor had 35 instead of 36 hours. It's like just stupid arbitrary stuff. It was ridiculous. But the whole point is that we outsource our power to these things outside of ourselves of like, well, if this idiotic board says that I can be a therapist and I'm a therapist. And it's like, of course, we want to do things in integrity. But the fact that we would even need a board to dictate that when they are not actually in the room with us, they have no idea what, what work we're doing. No idea. There's plenty of people with licenses that are doing very unethical, harmful things. I know some of them. And so I really had to look out where am I not just owning my wisdom and my medicine and my beliefs and who I am without needing this license because I don't even want it anymore. I don't need it. And so then the the title of therapist was like the next layer of that. Where am I holding on to this title so that people recognize how I'm different than other coaches, right? That I'm actually a clinically trained therapist. People don't go to me because of my master's degree. I don't even think most of my clients know my background. Some of them do, but I had one client it was so fucking funny. She was like <laughs> She's like, you're a therapist. I'm like, we've been working together for like two years. Do you not know? <laughs> She's like, no, I just call you my life coach. You know, like I've never had a client come to me and be like, okay, so where did you go to school and how many hours did you do and what level of licensure? That's not to say that you shouldn't vet the person you're about to hire. You should know, like, what is their experience? Why are they equipped to, to do what they do? But people don't hire you because of the freaking, you know, degree hanging on your wall. They hire you because of your energy. They hire you because you are walking a transformation that they want. I literally embody this work every single day. I walk the walk of reparenting my inner child of what it's like to now be living through my full adult self. Little Ray does not take over anymore to be living through secure attachment to be living through feeling safe in my body where I don't feel like I need to reach or grasp for someone to save me, for TV binging. I've released all of my addictions. I no longer relate to food in an addictive way. I no longer watch TV. I gave up TV. I If I watch a movie here and there, it doesn't feel addicting. I don't read fiction in an addicting way anymore. Like I've released my addictions. I feel safe in my body to be with all things that come up. So people hire me because they look at my transformation. They look at how I used to be chronically anxious, how I used to be severely anxiously attached, how I had BPD symptoms because I had such deep fear of abandonment. I had medical trauma that I had a lot of triggers from. And now I'm a completely different iteration of myself. And what happens is we hold on to these past versions of ourselves because we're terrified of letting go of them. Because we've been known by, we've been known by them. We've been defined by them, but I'm not defined by the fact that I was a traditional therapist. That doesn't define me. What defines me is the constant anchors of who I am, my energy, my unique soul, my unique medicine to give my unique purpose to this world. We are all unique. We are all different. And when we compare and be like, well, this person has a license or this person has more experience, like. You are not owning your own medicine. Now, with the coaching industry, because it's completely unregulated, we have sometimes the opposite problem where people are not in integrity, where they're trying, they're advertising themselves as something they're not But again, like that also happens in the therapy world. So you can hide behind a degree or hide behind a license, or you could do the opposite and say that, you know, you're a therapist when actually you're not, and you don't have that education, or you can be advertising that you work with trauma and you're actually not trained or let alone, most importantly, have healed your own trauma, right? But those people exist in any field. There are people in every field that are in integrity that actually walk the walk, who actually embody what they teach. And then there are people who are not doing the work on themselves and they lead others and they project onto their clients and they perpetuate trauma and they harm their clients. There are people like that in both, both fields, the coaching industry, the therapy world, in in any industry that works with humans, but particularly in these fields that where you're seeing people advertise healing services. If you call yourself a healer, but you haven't healed your own nervous system or your attachment wounding, like, what are you doing? Right? Like you have to look at, am I actually equipped to be able to do this? So for example, when I was in the therapy world, was I equipped to do talk therapy? Yes, because one, I was in talk therapy and two, um, and also CBT and DBT and all these other ones I was doing. And two, I was trained in them. Would I have been equipped to process deep trauma in the way that I do now with someone? No, because I had not processed my own trauma because we cannot talk trauma out of the body. We have to feel it somatically in a safe relational container. And that trauma, a lot of people think is just big T trauma. It's relational wounding. It's every time your parent didn't make eye contact with you. It's every time you were told to be quiet when you were crying. It's every time you were told you know, stop overreacting when you were gaslit for your feelings, for, um, you know, people just saying like, well, you're just making this a bigger deal than it is, right? Like every time you were invalidated, all of that shame, all of that sadness, all of that not feeling seen, not feeling heard, not feeling understood, that is all stored in your body. And so I provide my clients that reparative experience where we look at where is little you taking over? How are you relating to your own emotions? Are you avoiding your own emotions? Are you attaching onto your own emotions? Right. There's a very beautiful, tricky balance of avoidance and attaching. I was much more on the side of attaching where I would attach on to my pain. I would make it my story. I would attach onto it. Luna, you really like getting in the way here. Okay. Um, I would attach onto it and make it my story, and that's not actually our story. And what happens when we do that is we don't actually allow it to move through our bodies. So if we're avoiding it completely, we're not processing it. When we're attaching onto it, we're not processing it. When we allow it to come up, to be with it, to feel the sensation of it in our bodies, we allow it to move through. And that is what we want to do. We want to allow ourselves to move through the emotions that come up in life. So part of this is when we process that stored trauma and stored pain in our body, we literally become different versions of ourselves. We are no longer relating to our inner child. We are no longer relating through our trauma defenses, our protectors, our control, our people pleasing, abandoning ourselves. <clears throat> we are fully living through our most powerful, authentic adult selves. And so yesterday I had this moment. It's not even something I was like thinking about for a while. It was just this strong, clear, intuitive moment where I was like, this title doesn't fit me anymore. And why am am I hiding behind it? Am I Do I think I need that for people to listen to me or hear me? Oh, she's a therapist. I'm going to go listen to her. No, people don't listen to me because I'm a therapist. People listen... (laughs) I don't know why I just did air quotes for there, but because it's, it's like not even fitting, but people listen to me because my words resonate in their being because I have medicine and experience to give. Okay. How to process the stored trauma because sometimes it feels frozen and don't know how to break the ice. Yeah. So we have to work with what's called our window of tolerance. So our window of tolerance is basically where our nervous system will allow us to feel like maybe this amount. And then we slowly stretch it to feel this amount. And we slowly, so your nervous system will only allow you to feel what you feel safe to feel. And this is where relational healing comes in is we're not going to feel safe. Our nervous systems just simply won't allow for us to feel safe, to feel and process pain on our own because it registers that as a threat. So it's like, oh no, you're not going to feel this. You're going to die if you feel this. Right. Right. And so that's where having that safe ground and nervous system be there to, to show your nervous system, like you are safe to feel this. So if you are able to, um, you know, have support in this and invest in support, I would absolutely start there. If you're not, then meeting yourself where you're at by starting simple, putting your hands on your heart, taking three to five deep breaths multiple times throughout the day and just notice what sensations come up. Notice what your body's communicating to you. So do you get headaches often? Do you get uh, stomach aches often from anxiety? Like where are your emotions showing up? Start there. So let's say you get headaches. I want you to literally put your hands on your head and take five minutes a day of complete, like no distractions, no foam, maybe put on a sound bath and just breathe while putting your hands on your head. Or if you feel a tight chest with anxiety, put your hands on your heart Take three to five breaths, like belly breaths, not just in your chest, but like deep belly breaths and breathe and tell yourself, I'm safe to feel this. I'm safe to feel this. I'm safe to feel this. And then you just want to notice what sensations come up. So if there's a heavy sensation, you want to just stay with that and breathe through it until it softens. So it's really about meeting yourself where you're at. When you start to show your body in small baby steps that it's safe to feel that stored emotion, it will allow you to feel more and more of it, especially with triggers. If you get triggered in relationships, taking time to be with that trigger, to imagine what little you is needing and to allow space for that emotion to come up. And again, if you don't feel safe to feel this on your own, who is a trusted, safe nervous system, not someone who's just going to validate our crazy stories in our heads, (laughs) but someone who can actually just hold the pain with us. And this is why my clients hire me because not many people in our lives can hold pain because they've yet to hold their own pain. We can only meet others as far as we've met ourselves. So that's why I was able to guide my clients in the traditional therapy world to a certain extent But I couldn't go deeper with them because I had not gone deeper yet with myself. And that was such a powerful example of like. Anyone can become a therapist and not actually process their own shit. I know many therapists that have not processed their own shit. So that's why yesterday I was like, oh, I don't need to be holding on to this title to make myself feel good enough. It's like, I know I'm fucking wise. I know I have so much potent medicine. I know I'm really fucking good at what I do. I don't need to hide behind this title. I have done more work on my nervous system, on my attachment wounding than the majority of therapists I know. And so I don't need to call myself a therapist to feel like, oh yeah, people are going to trust that I know what I'm doing. So I changed it. I literally, for the first time I think ever in having my Instagram, like since I started my business, I think the word therapist has always been there. So it took me now two, over two and a half years to release that title. But I, that's not even what I do anymore. When I think of the word therapist, I think about what I used to do, talk therapy, CBT therapy, DBT, like I don't do that anymore. I now work holistically, every single part of you. I don't just change your thoughts. I change your nervous system, which then changes your thoughts, which then changes your energetic vibration, which then changes your entire life. Like, what I do is I help you heal your nervous system. And then we focus on the expansion piece. Cause the whole point of healing your nervous system is to get it out of survival mode. So you feel safe to create a life beyond your wildest dreams. Like, that's the whole point. So you can actually feel how you want to feel right? Like how many people just stay stuck, stay in their comfort zone because it feels safe. They're not growing. We are meant to grow. We are meant to evolve. But this means that we have to let go of those past versions of ourselves. And notice when ego is getting in the way, egos are just trying to protect us. But when we notice ego getting in the way and saying, oh, but you know, that having this title makes me feel um, good enough. Like that's all your ego. You don't actually need that you need to be in integrity. You need to walk the walk. You need to look at, okay, what are my actual gifts that I can serve people in integrity, right? Not telling someone I can, like, I would never tell someone that I could, um, that I could help them learn how to fly a plane because I don't know how to fly a plane. Right. But (laughs) when you focus on what you're actually good at, it, this is a perfect example. So, if you guys have been following me, you know that I just did six months with a naturopath, learning about using food as medicine, learning about regulating blood sugar and hormone levels, and all of that amazing stuff, like life-saving stuff. Now, is it an integrity of me to share what I do know and what I have learned? Absolutely. Would it be integrity? Would it be in integrity for me to then now claim like, oh yeah, you have this physical health symptom. Oh, I can heal you because I just worked with a naturopath. No, that's when I then refer my clients to my naturopath and say, oh no, let her, let her handle this. This is out of my scope. Right. So it's really like the world that I am creating and want to continue creating is like a world where we can trust ourselves to be in integrity, where we don't need these governing boards being like, Oh yeah, you're a therapist. Oh no, you're not ready. It's like, it's so beyond backwards. Like the amount of shit I've seen when I was in the therapy world, I was like, I do not want to be in the system anymore. Nope, 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 nope. We're going to go over here and create our own thing. And I didn't even know that I could do that. I didn't even know that was an option. And now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm actually way more in integrity. I'm actually practicing what I preach. I actually have taken myself so much deeper, which allows me to take my clients so much deeper. And it's time to claim that and not hide behind this title that actually does not fit. It's like when you put on a dress and you're like, oh, this dress was so five years ago and it doesn't fit anymore. The title of therapist, when that lands in my body of like, I am a therapist, I envision my past self. And it doesn't mean that there aren't therapists out there who get you in your body or who take you in a deeper level. I'm sure there are many that, you know, are doing beautiful, powerful work. This isn't a comparison. It's looking at that word and how it resonates in my body. And how I'm like, oh, I don't actually do that anymore. I don't just do talk therapy. I don't do CBT. I don't do DBT. Like, sure, all of that is a culmination of my experience. But what I do now is the work that I've done on myself because it actually was so much more effective for me. I literally can't tell you. I've had like 10 different therapists. Not one of them told me I had an anxious attachment style. And I'm like literally vomiting anxious attachment, like over everything. I didn't even know that I was anxiously attached. I didn't even know what that was. We didn't even learn about it in school. Like, this is what I'm saying. There's so much valuable, life-changing, potent information that is missing. And then we hide behind these titles. So we have to feel safe to let go of those versions of ourselves to actually fully step into this new version. This new version where it actually fits for this present moment. Now, will this evolve continuously? Absolutely especially as a generator, I'm designed to master a craft. So as I continue mastering this specific healing method that I learned from my mentor and making it, putting my own twist on it too, because I really learned it from her. And then I kind of made it my own version. I'm going to continue mastering that. And that will evolve as I evolve. And that's the beautiful thing is we don't have to attach on to these titles right? Right now, trauma and nervous system healer and expander, because again, I'm not just healing, I'm helping you then expand. That resonates. But then as I continue to evolve, will something else resonate more in the future? Sure. Maybe we'll see, right? But the whole point is like, where are you attaching onto the way that things used to be past versions of you? Because you are not owning who you are in this present moment. Let me tell you guys something. We are meant to evolve. We are meant to go through changes. When you are actually doing life in the way that God intended it to be, constant, the only constant is change. I I look at people who are still in my hometown or like friends or family that like are literally in the same place that I left them, like physically, emotionally, uh, location wise, job wise, like nothing has changed. And I'm like, how, how has nothing changed in the past fucking 20 years? Like, it's crazy to me. And I'm like, what kind of life is that? Because we're not actually growing. We are supposed to grow. We are supposed to experience change. And we get so terrified because we attach so much meaning onto these external things rather than actually tapping into who you are in this present moment. And yes, who you are may change in terms of you growing into these new versions of yourselves. But ultimately, there's always going to be those anchors to come home to. Like for me, yeah, I don't resonate with the term therapist anymore, but what are the the things that make me a therapist are the same and, and that now make me a nervous system healer are the same things that when my dad would hear me talking to friends in high school in my room, and I would come out of the room and he said, Oh my God, like you are such a natural therapist. Before I became a therapist, those qualities of who I am are still here. They're still in existence. Before I became a therapist, they were just called something else, right? Oh, you have great listening skills. Oh, you're a caring, empathetic person. Oh, you really are able to guide people, right? It's like those traits were still there. And then I went to school for them and became a therapist. And now I'm leaving that behind and and doing this work. And it's like all of those things are still in existence. I'm still me. I'm just more of the version of me that I was meant to be. I am a new iteration of myself. So we get so scared because we're like, how are we going to, um, like shatter these perceptions of ourselves without feeling like we don't know who we are or we're losing ourselves. Like it can feel really scary. There were so many perceptions that I had of myself that were completely shattered, (laughs) shattered, like down the toilet drain, like shattered when doing this work, and it felt really terrifying because I'm like, oh, I always associated myself with these things, or I always thought of myself in this way, and then I realized it was because so much of how I define myself or I viewed myself was based on the perceptions of others. So other people would call me really emotionally intelligent. I just assume, oh, I'm really emotionally intelligent. Now, am I emotionally intelligent? Yes, and... I was focusing on that rather, which then prevented me from actually seeing that I had so much emotional dysregulation and attachment wounding to process. So my ego was like, oh, I'm so emotionally intelligent. Like I'm so emotionally sound like, cause people would see me that way, but they didn't see how triggered I would get in my romantic relationships. They didn't see how, um, when I would spend time alone, I would just numb out. They didn't see how disconnected I was from myself. Because they were all disconnected from themselves, right? So we can only see it clearly when we see it clearly (laughs) in other people. Like when we see it clearly for ourselves, we then see it clearly in other people. Like the best way to describe this work is you put on a pair of glasses and everything's just clear. Like you're seeing things for what they actually are, not through your inner child, not through your wounding, not through your hypervigilance. And I can always now tell when one of those protectors come up because I see things not for how they are. I'm like, oh, this person, you know, is judging me or they're talking about me or, you know, this is happening. And then I ask the person, they're like, no, that's actually not what happened at all. That was my hypervigilance. That was my like, oh my God, I'm, I'm scared of feeling shame. I'm scared of people judging me. Right. Like we get into this hypervigilant survival mode and then we realize like none of that is actually happening. It's fucking mind-blowing when you actually start seeing this. You're like, wait, none of that is real. That's my brain lying to me. That's my brain making up stories to try and protect me. But really, I don't need it to do that anymore because it's keeping me stuck. So anyway, that was kind of a whole whole side tangent. But the point is is that we are meant to grow. We are meant to evolve. Our egos are going to try and keep us stuck. Our inner child is going to try and keep us stuck. Our attachment onto who we think we are is going to keep us stuck. And so really what this work is, is coming home to who you actually are, who your authentic self actually is. Because if you people please, that's not actually your authentic self. If you're anxiously attached, that's not actually your authentic self. That's not actually your authentic self. That is your trauma. And so when you really start to separate trauma, authenticity, you start to learn and realize and see all the ways in which you've been relating from trauma rather than authenticity. And this can feel scary because you're like, oh, my God, I thought I was this like totally wise, emotionally intelligent person. Meanwhile, I was fucking dysregulated as shit. Now, coming home to my authentic self is coming home to, oh, I'm actually meant to be a very grounded, regulated person that is not how I was living. Literally not at all, not even one bit. (laughs) So when we start to see it, it can feel a little startling, but then it is this ticket to freedom because when we see it, we then can, we can notice like when we start relating from those trauma responses and we have an opportunity to shift it. How would I relate to this through my authentic self? And it's going to require you to relate differently. And relating differently is literally one of the hardest, scariest things because your nervous system goes with what's familiar, not what's going to make you feel good. Our nervous systems don't give two shits about how we feel. All it gives a shit about is if we are alive. That's all it cares about. So you could be alive, but you're fucking repressed, addicted, miserable, attached, like not free at all. Or you can feel the fear of doing things differently because it is scary. And then you get to show yourself a whole new way of safety. And then you're free because you're no longer relating through all of those things that are not actually you. So what I did in this journey was like, I really started gathering. I'm like being an emotional detective with getting to know myself. Okay. Here's all my perceptions of myself. Here's actually what's happening. Now, what can I gather that I know to be true? And I literally would start gathering the pieces and writing it down. Okay. When I'm regulated and calm and and grounded, who am I at my authentic self? What is the calm? Okay. I'm grounded. I'm actually meant to be really grounded. I am grounding for other people. I just didn't know how to ground myself. (laughs) So I took that into the box, right? So this is my authenticity box. I'm like, okay, grounded. Boom. So I know anytime I'm not grounded, that's not me being in my authenticity. And then I have a choice of how to relate to that. Okay, what's happening right now that's blocking me from being in my authenticity? Okay, so we have the box. Grounded. Now, what else? Uh, When I am my most connected, authentic self, and this really, really came out for me in my first ever shroom journey where All of my defenses softened and it was just me. Like I, it was the first time that I truly felt clear on who the fuck I was. I'm like, oh my God, like I am grounded. I am joyful. Like I have this energy about me where I just love life. Like I I get so joyful. There was moments where I was just by myself in the pool, just like laughing and smiling and like being in the pool and like feeling like a mermaid and being like, I feel so joyful. And that energy is contagious. People love being in that energy because it helps them see life in a different way. Now, part of that authenticity, part of that zest for life does come from trauma because my life started out with being chronically sick and almost losing my life. And so because of the timing of that, because I was only two years old, it set this foundation of like deep, deep gratitude for life as this gift, because it almost wasn't here. It was going to be one of those things where like, you know, when parents lose a child young and they always have to wonder like, what, what would she have grown up to be? What, you know, and I experienced this with a a boy in my gr- uh, eighth grade who passed away. I was on um, vacation in Hawaii and we got a call and he passed away and he was in eighth grade. And I think about that. I'm like, what would he be doing right now? What, you know, What would he have done for work? What, who would he have grown up to be, right? There were other kids that were sick with me that didn't make it. And we think about, okay, what would they have been? So my entire life, this, this whole way that my life has unfolded is like, oh, I get to see how it all unfolds now. Like I actually get to live it. And that's such a gift. And so, yes, that came from my trauma, but that's also how we look at how, as our trauma happened for us. It gave me that gift and that is authentic, right? So the lessons we extract from our trauma, how we actually live, like that can feel very authentic. So we have grounded, we have joyful, we have this deep gratitude and zest for life, which meant that every time I was dysregulated and I was grasping or trying to control life, which is not how life is supposed to feel. We're not supposed to control it. We're supposed to experience the gift of it. That was not me and my authenticity. And then another tool in the toolbox is me actually feeling safe to own my wisdom because as an anxiously attached person, I would outsource my power to everyone around me. I would value, this comes from being the youngest child of like, following what my older siblings were doing or following what my parents were doing and never actually developing trust within myself of like, oh, what do I think? What do I want to do? And then I would feel indecisive and I wouldn't trust to make a decision because if I did, I was invalidated for it. Like it's really looking at where have I been outsourcing my own wisdom? And I did that my entire life. And so Yes, did my mom always tell my mom would call me wise child because she basically used me as her therapist and would and like realized how wise I was. And she would call me wise child. I'm gonna get that as a tattoo one day, by the way, with the snake. That's the whole thing. Anyway, um, so did I hear that I was wise? Yes. Did I feel safe to own that wisdom? No, because I was outsourcing it. I did not trust myself to make any decisions. I would be like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And I would not trust what I actually thought. So another tool in the toolbox, not even toolbox, the authenticity box is actually owning my wisdom. Like, oh, I'm actually a really wise, grounded, joyful, energetic, grateful for life, infectious energy type of person. And that is my authenticity, my authentic self. And I'm continuing to gather more and more moments of clarity of that. And so it really is this like getting to know your true self, because who you are right now in this present moment may just be your trauma responses. And I know that's really scary to think about sometimes, but your authentic self is under those, right? It's not like you have to find it outside of yourself. It's still in there. We just have to process those layers to get to that core root of the onion, which is you. Who are you without all of the trauma responses. Who are you? If you don't control, who are you? If you don't grasp on or avoid, who are you? If you actually allow yourself to be, to just be, to be you, to fully express your most authentic self, like who are you? And you may not know that right now and that's okay, but it gets to be this really exciting process of like shedding these layers of yourself that are not serving you that don't make you feel the way you want to feel so every time you future trip every time you control and it feels contracted in your body it feels tense it feels tight oh I don't want to feel this way that's not actually how I'm designed to feel what would help me feel more expansive is when I show myself I'm safe to be in this present moment when I'm safe to show myself that I don't need to have it all figured out Part of this process was deep acceptance with myself of like, I'm still getting to know my authentic self. And that's okay. That doesn't have to mean anything about me. That doesn't have to be this big, scary, heavy thing. It gets to be this really exciting journey of like, oh, I'm releasing all of the parts that aren't actually me, that were just part of survival mode. And I get to relate in this whole new way that is not based on survival mode, but based on safety and freedom and connection and love. And the way that humans were designed to experience this gift of life, we're not meant to have it all figured out. We're not meant to know what's going to happen uh, tomorrow, next week, two years from now, let alone five minutes from now. I could get off this live and check my email and magic could show up, right? Like what if life gets to be that good? Doesn't mean there won't be pain. Pain is inevitable. The The sooner we accept that, the sooner we get to experience all of the lessons and the magic that that pain brings us. Every time I'm in pain, like I was in pain the first week of this month, I was going through a pretty big adjustment and my heart was hurting, like physically hurting for, I would say the first seven days of the month as I was adjusting to this change. And then I was like, Oh fuck, I'm in pain. And like, when it happens, you're like, oh, this feels awful. I don't want to feel this. But then when you actually allow yourself to feel it, not get scared of the pain, not let it take over and get dysregulated, but like actually just let your heart hurt because life will break your heart. And it is actually a gift. Life will break your heart. a million. If you were doing life right, it will break your heart a million times. <laughs> and each time you will come out of that a deeper deep, a more deeply connected, a stronger, like new version of yourself. And that was only just seven days, right? It wasn't even like that long, but it would have been longer if I had resisted it or avoided it. But because I allowed myself to just be with it, like, Oh, I'm in pain right now. Like my heart hurts and I'm going to just tend to it. I'm going to breathe with it. I'm going to trust that it's all happening for me. And then it literally was like exactly seven days. It was kind of weird. Like normally pain kind of dissolves, but it was like, I don't know, after by day eight, I was like, Oh wait, my heart feels back to normal. (laughs) I was like, that was quick. Anyway, we moved through pain quicker now. So, (laughs) but then I think about, okay, what did that pain, how did that pain serve me? It served me deeply. Like, I'm not going to go into the specifics of what the pain was about, but it, it truly, the general themes of it was like, oh, I am safe to really just be with myself. Like I am safe to truly just be alone. Like I am the most alone now than I've ever been in my life. I've always been enmeshed with someone. I've always had a person like a safety net person. I've always had someone This is the first time in my entire life. I'm not enmeshed with anyone. I'm not codependent with anyone. I am very alone right now, like very, very much alone. I'm in a deep, 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 deep shedding. And my business and my personal life simultaneously is experiencing a huge death and rebirth. And so part of that death was feeling this pain feeling some fear. And it was so fascinating to witness the progression. Like the first day I felt fear and shame. And then underneath all of that was just pain and sadness. And then the, the fear went away. I was like, oh, I'm safe to be hurting right now. Right. Cause we resist pain. Cause we don't think it's safe because our nervous system is going to survival mode. When you have internal safety and you feel safe to be with pain, you then actually get to just feel it, move through it, and extract the lessons from it. So my lessons from it was like showing myself, I am so safe to really be my own anchor. I am so safe to just be alone. I am so safe to shed what no longer serves me. I'm safe to open up all this space for more aligned uh Things, connections, opportunities, whatever it is, like all alignment to enter. And that's why it feels like a death and a rebirth. A death, everything has to shed away. It has to die to make space for the alignment. And so it's like, okay, here I am. I am my anchor. And then I'm on my island, like in my world. And there's all these things around me, clients, friends, um, different relationships uh you know different money like all the main areas of life it's right here on this island and then you are still your anchor and then all of it starts going away all of it like literally your whole life just crumbles away everything's gone 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 this money gone this client gone this friend gone this relationship gone this important person in my life gone everything's gone everything These old ways of thinking, gone. These old ways of relating to food and money, gone. Everything's gone. And then you're just left with you. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) that was wild. And it's scary and painful. And then the fear starts to soften. You show yourself you're safe to be with the pain. And then you grieve your old life. Like you grieve your old self. You grieve your old ways. And then part of the change the, the shedding, the caterpillar phase is like feeling the pain of loss, feeling the pain of, um, change because change can be painful. And then all of that space starts to open and you start to get little winks and confirmation from the universe of like, oh, we're going to drop this in. And I'm telling you guys, since that first week of February, what, what day is it now? It's four, the 14th. From February 1st, literally the 1st to the 7th, from that point up until the 14th right now, there has been so much being in the void of the unknown, but there's also been so many things dropping in. And I'm like, oh, this is the new way. Oh, this is the new thing. Oh, this is the new client. Oh, this is the new money. Oh, this is the new opportunity. Oh, this is the new aligned person. It doesn't happen all at once, right? Like it doesn't mean, oh, I let go of this person. Someone else immediately swoops in. No, you have to be in the void of the unknown. I am deep in the void of the unknown in multiple areas of my life, pretty much every area of my life. And that's why it feels very much like this death and rebirth. I'm in this unknown period where it's like, we're now, we're now moving. We have no idea when things are going to start dropping in, but we know Hello, hello, thank you for joining, so nice to have you. Uh, We know that whatever comes in is for this new iteration of ourselves. We know that whatever drops in is for this uh, this new alignment, and that it's going to be even better and more aligned. And it's not like things are better or worse, like everything serves its purpose, everything is beautiful in its own way. But it's more so that like, we know that everything that drops in is going to fit. And I started making those moves, even with this title change of like, oh, wait, this is the old and we're bringing in the new and we're really owning what we do and getting clear on that and like mastering this every day and doing what's in our power. And then the universe, I'm reading uh, Gabby Bernstein's super attractor book. And the last chapter is called let the universe catch up with you you have to move first you have to do things differently and then you have to allow time without controlling it without knowing when it could be tomorrow it could be 5 years from now we have no fucking clue but you have to move first and then allow the universe to catch up with you and in the meantime the universe will give you little droplings of like confirmation a little wink there And like, things are happening. I can't fully see all of it yet, but like, I feel it. I feel things are happening. I feel like, like I've been saying for the past six months that I've been on the brink of my next level, my next evolution. And it's like slowly starting to happen and I can feel it, but it hasn't fully landed yet. It's very symbolic of like a mushroom journey. If you guys have taken mushrooms and you know, there's like this coming on period where you're like, I'm starting to feel some things that are different, but like, uh, we're kind of in this weird in between state. And then you fully drop into the mushroom land and you're like, we have arrived. That is literally what this feels like. We are shedding. We are in the unknown droplings. Things are feeling different. It's a little uncomfortable. I'm like, Ooh, things are awkward and weird and wild right now, but we haven't fully landed in the, in the new level. And the thing is we land in the new level, the new iteration of ourselves And then we got to do it again and again and again. We might land for some time to learn the lessons meant for for that level, but then we're going to go again, right? And then we're going to go again. And then we just get used to it of like, oh yeah, we're in that unknown period again. (laughs) And it just becomes second nature, but you have to be willing to let go of those past versions of you because if not, you're just going to be attaching on and blocking so much magic and abundance. Like Every time I reach this new, like this new level of myself, of my life and my business, I'm like, holy fuck, I did not even know this was possible. And then we get to do it again and again. So it's like, you get to choose. Am I going to stay in this comfort level? Or am I going to trust the universe to guide me into the next one and the next one? And really taking time to land in each one. This is not about chasing. This is about deep presence. The more present you are in this present moment, the more you will feel safe to allow the natural changes and unfolding of your life to occur. And the more magical it will feel and the more painful it will feel magic and pain coexist. You can't choose the magic without choosing the pain. Every single day, I will choose pain over suffering every single day. Pain is temporary. Suffering is long-term pain teaches you things. Suffering just wastes your time and energy. Pain actually makes your heart like more full and whole and strong and suffering just sucks your life force. Like it's a big waste. So I'm like, if I'm going to hurt, I might as well hurt in a way that actually helps me evolve and not just suffer. I suffered my whole life, anxious, numbing, like that is suffering. We don't have time for that anymore. Anyway, I feel like this was a very long live. Does anyone have questions, thoughts as we start to wrap up? because I can literally talk about this forever. (laughs) Let me know if you guys have questions, thoughts. Thank you so much. Love your honesty. You are so welcome. I hope that clarified your question earlier. And I don't think I missed anything else. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Do we have anything else to share on this topic? Get to know your authentic self. With every moment, am I relieving through trauma or authenticity? And start putting some clear, um, decisive things in your authenticity box and pull from that. Let yourself be and live through that. And know that you are safe to release all the ones in this box. We can just throw that box in the damn river and say, thank you. We don't need you anymore. (laughs) And when that box starts to creep back in, I know how to respond to it now. And that's a beautiful opportunity to practice. It is all happening for you. Always, 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 even when we can't see it. So I love you guys so much. Thank you for being here. Um, if you are looking for deeper support with this, I do have some one-on-one spots available for private coaching. And then also we have membership beyond your wildest dreams. If you are looking for uh, just like getting your toes wet, you know, not fully diving in, but like a little learning community. So you don't have to feel so lonely on the healing journey. That is why I created this membership. And then my course powerfully Single, is on sale until tomorrow. So it's usually 888. It is on sale for 222. Sale ends tomorrow. It is for those that are single that want to feel more deeply connected and in love with themselves and others and give you some support on this Valentine's Day. So I love you guys so much. I feel like this was such a fitting Valentine's Day topic because the best form of self-love is actually allowing yourself to blossom into the person you were always meant to be. It gets to be so exciting. I love you all, love you, love you, love you, and I will see you soon. If you found this live helpful, please, please share it. more people that this work gets to, the more we feel the world. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, bye.